Collaboration, alternative attribution, and innovation. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. This episode is brought to you by Chartable. Attribution, analytics, and awesomeness. Go to chartable.com for more details. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. In my article, I wrote about alternative attribution, which I've linked in the description. I discussed what you should be doing in order to get consistency and to drive the most success. My old friend, Omer Jelani from Claritas, came by to talk about the other side of that sort of attribution and how amazingly cool it is to help creators generate profit to keep their creative visions running. Well, Omer, thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks so much, Brian. Nice to be here. Yeah, nice to have you here. So for those of you, this is the first time you're interacting with Omer. Omer usually doesn't sound like this. He wanted me to <laughs> kick off and let you know. He kind of threw out his voice a little bit and he didn't listen to my latest article or read my latest article about microphones. So we're going to have to get him to expense a new microphone. But uh, Omer, Omer's here from Claritas. Me and Omer have worked together for, we worked together for six years, right? You came on when we were at Adherent, and then we became Barometric, and then we split Mm -hmm. off when Adherent was acquired, and Barometric was its own thing for like a stressful year, and then Claritas (laughs) acquired us, and and then we were there for a while before I went out to Megaphone, and now you're kind of running the show on the attribution side, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Brian, we've we've worked together for quite some time, as you mentioned, and uh, we've seen seen a lot, you know, both positive and negative, and... uh, (laughs) And, you know, I think now um, I am running the measurement side of the business or what we call the optimized team here at Claritas. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. Like it it was very fun. And, and I think it gives you a really cool perspective because we started in digital attribution or started as a as a, a mobile DSP with Adherent. We transitioned into the attribution for everything with uh, it was it was traction and then became barometric, yep. which I still laugh about the it didn't click with me that our original like URLs were was trkn.us and they're like yeah traction.us and I was like no that looks like tracking us <laughs> <laughs> nice I and, never thought of that oh man I laughed at that real hard <clears throat> and and then you know we pivoted into podcasting and and you know Claritas does more than just the podcast attribution but like you've you helped start that I mean pod sites and chartable with the attribution started after the fact the entire industry kind of grew around it and Claritas, you know, worked really hard to like set the standards. I mean, I, I believe we built uh, the first lift reports. I believe we really made that a priority to get people away from the anxiety of not being able to track every single thing and focusing on the directional aspect. So, you know, Omer, I think what you've done at Claritas and what Claritas has done for the space is, has been really foundational in podcast ad tech. Yeah, no, thanks so much. And, and Brian, obviously you deserve some of the credit for that. There's, there's others that deserve some of the credit as well. So I've just been fortunate to to benefit from the work um, you and others had put in. And, you know, I think to your point, it's a really exciting time now to be able to take kind of some of the foundational things that we've built that we were using across different channels 
and apply it to the audio ecosystem and, and podcast. And, you know, selfishly, I've just really enjoyed, you know, getting to know and learning about the podcast ecosystem. And, and it's been just as enjoyable meeting people in, uh, in the podcast and audio ecosystem. So it's been a really exciting couple of years for, for me personally, as well as for Claritas as we scale our capabilities. Yeah. It, you know, you, you hit on something that's really neat there. Like it is exciting when you think of like mobile websites or, or standard websites and apps and whatnot, the people creating the content, the people engaging with that, like making that site or app what it is, are not the people that me and you would deal with on the ad tech or business side. But in podcasting, we often are. We're dealing with yep. the people that are very close to the creators, if not the creators themselves. And there's yep. something exciting yep. about it. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of people recently and like, I got into ad tech because the technology excited me, but, but it's also the fun of being like the right hand and, and the business and revenue generating side for those creators. Like now it's fun that I'm creating content about this whole thing. But before that, like it's so neat to be able to see that creator do the ad and execute on it and show them that we can track the success and generate all that from it. It really pulls it all together and podcasting gives you that close connection that I don't think a lot of other channels get. Maybe like influencer marketing, maybe like on Instagram and whatnot. But podcasting's neat. It's got that yeah. cool feel. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's kind of when you're in the nascent stages of kind of a new channel or a new technology where you kind of see more collaboration and you know even collaboration with people that you would consider competitors. I just find that, and you know whether it's us or pot sites or chartable, like, you know, I have conversations with those guys, you know, we're comparing notes. And I think on the publisher side and the platform side, you know, everyone is vested in delivering better attribution, better measurement for the brands. And the brands obviously, you know, after, you know, going through this measurement phase with, you know, branded search and, and things like that, they have certain expectations for any channel that they're running across. So being able to work closely with people like yourself, the brands, the agencies, and the platforms, it's just been really collaborative. And I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, it's, it's like nothing else. It's the most interesting part of ad tech I've been in my entire career. And, you know, so this week, like what I really wanted to talk about with you is like pod sites and chartable are really heavily focused on digital attribution and and they're great. They knock it out of the park and most podcast advertising is digital, right? A lot of it's direct response yep. or brand recognition. We're driving somebody from experiencing a podcast ad to a website, to an app and the kind of connection that they have there, being able to match that. That's the most like data we have, but all of these companies with device graphs are empowered in different ways to match let's call it alternative methods. And in the article that, you know, we'll reference in the episode notes, we talk about a few different ones here. And I kind of, you know, instead of like rehashing them, because I don't know how much more technical we really need to get on them. I, like, I want to kind of reminisce about some of the stories that we did. Um, because these, like my hands-on experience with these was like, side by side with you. Uh, yeah. I, I think very uh, most of them were done while we were traveling. None of them were ever convenient. It was never like, <laughs> oh, we're not going to be on the road for six weeks. So let's do like a really tough campaign. It's like, it's January. Do you want to go to Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> Which I reflected yep. on. And I've only been to Chicago in January and with you multiple times. 
and it's it's been uh, it's been cool. quite some time since I've been on a plane for work. So hopefully we get we get back to those days relatively soon. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah. um you know one of the things that that really stood out is like w- the device graph is all about focusing on taking the exposure right and identifying every piece you can and matching it to the graph to augment it. So in podcasting, that's just IP address, and then you augment yeah. it if it is a household IP address, which is really important. You have to filter down to the IP address, uh, the household IP address. Because cellular just isn't going to do it, right? And business is too wide. And then from there, you match that to, can you tell the residents, right? Can you tell the postal? And from the postal, do you know any, you know, public information about them? Are you able to match to any other device IDs or cookies or anything else? And I think the most fun one that me and you did was, I think it was for a bank, right? And it was postal, like the bank focused on exposure to in-person sign-up. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was a, it was, you know, it was a regional Midwestern bank and they were driving sort of affinity card, affinity credit card signups. Um, So we were, to your point, Brian, we were appending, you know, our media pixels to their various uh, media, digital media uh, creatives. And so we were capturing that exposure data. And, and again, that one wasn't podcast specific, but the same holds true where we're, we're taking any kind of data from that media pixel. And ultimately the graph, the identity graph is foundational to anything that we're doing here because it allows us to connect the two data streams, one being the exposure to your point on this one, the, the conversion, if you will, it wasn't a pixel, it was actual postal data um, from a bank because when someone would sign up for a credit card application, they're entering their postal. They're entering lots of information, you know, yeah. like social security name, phone number, email, and postal. But you can imagine for us to be able to get the approval from a privacy standpoint from a bank to deliver us postal uh, data for their, their new subscribers or applicants, um, that was really exciting. So we were taking, you know, the incoming feed of, hey, 123 Main Street, you know, Kansas, um, you know, Topeka, Kansas, um, they signed up for a credit card. And what we were able to do with our identity graph, and I think, you know, it it speaks to the way that ours and maybe some graphs are built is that they're not reliant on any single node or identifier. So we might be taking in a, uh, you know, an IP or a device ID on an exposure, but we're ultimately matching it to a household and then having postal data in that graph, we can take that, you know, a credit card application, this is the postal address, and say, oh, 10 days ago or 20 days ago, this same household was exposed to an ad or clicked on an ad. Exactly. Exact product. So that was really exciting. And again, to your point, it's not standard. It's not something that, you know, is kind of seamless and standard in the UI. But most importantly, we can do it. And, you know, as we see more scale, as we see more interest, that's when our product team can sort of get going and working on standardizing and and really productizing um, something like that. So, Omar, I think what's really neat about that is that, like you said, it's not the default, right? This isn't what we're, we're not talking about, like everybody should abandon you know, exposure to website or anything like that. Like that's the bread and butter. It's going to be direct response does really well. Even brand recognition, we're driving people to more information. So much is digital, but the cool part about podcasting is thinking outside the box. I think of podcasting so much like native advertising, 
right? It was the first time we were like, ah, instead of banners, what happens if we put a skin on everything? And I'm, I'm not still convinced that like the, the formatting of that and making it all cookie cutter was the right way to go um, mm-hmm. and making that programmatic yeah. viable. <laughs> but like, I like the idea that it's just like, you know, taking these solutions, you reach out to a client and they're just like, well, we sell cars and you can't buy a car online. And now you can go, well, what does that matter? We can help you with directional attribution. We can help you with lift reports. We can help you with matching this data set that you just dismissed and said, I podcasting doesn't work for me because I can't get that. And the answer to this is, well, we can, it's a little custom, but we can do it. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and just that example, bro, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to, you know, tell you, you know, if someone bought a car, but using that same uh, thinking that we did for the bank, like if there is a dealership that wants to share postal data, we can, we've proved that already. Or, you know, short of that, you know, using geolocation. Yeah. Geolocation has been used for years across all the other digital channels. Why not use it for podcasting? So, and that's, you know, that's, that's always been seen as a strong proxy for tier two, tier three auto on all their uh, digital campaigns. So we can do the same thing for podcast and, and not only sort of, you know, one-to-one. And again, you, when you're, when you're talking about standard or one-to-one attribution, there's obviously a scale issue because you're never going to capture a hundred percent of devices that go into a dealer. Well, um, let's just, let's put the nail on the coffin for that. One-to-one attribution sucks and it's fake. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say it. Like, there's no way to 100% capture everything unless it's in a, like, like unless Spotify is bringing you into their environment to same, specifically yeah. get you to buy a Spotify membership, right? Like, we're yeah. talking about everything closed ecosystem. We're not talking yeah. about, like, if you're in Spotify and it's a podcast ad in Spotify using their streaming ad option, which is an app-based ad with audio content, that's not yeah. podcast advertising, even if that kicks out to a dealership, it's still the same thing. You're still not going to be able to measure 100% of the time on both sides. So attribution is directional. And at the end of the day, when you pick a partner, you're picking someone who has the most flexibility, that agrees on methodology that you like. And that has killer customer service and business relationship because there's so many things that you need to make sure are right. You know, the greatest example is figuring out where the handoff point is. If I'm the publisher, my handoff point is the second that I get you to that destination, right? So if you gave me the option to drive a podcast ad to, um, you know, a dealership, I would say, cool, give me geolocation because that means that it's likely that the person entered the dealership, right? A dealership's not in the middle of a shopping mall, so I'm not worried about them accidentally being identified somewhere else. It hits the time limits needed to properly send geolocation, and then that's start of funnel. Now, if they, but the brand should come back and be like, now I want to give postal address because I want conversions because that's better for the brand. Now they're only looking at end of funnel. And so working with a partner, whatever attribution partner you find, you got to get the right mindset, right? You got to get on the same page. And that is the most valuable thing. Everything's directional and they need to be a part of your team because they're going to go to bat for you with your clients because not all of it needs to come from one source. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you bring up kind of a good point in terms of they're going to go to bat for you. Like, I think such a big part of our business and my role is setting expectations, you know, with clients because ultimately, you know, I am, I am agnostic, you know, my, sole intent 
is to take the data that we're getting and give you an accurate view of what we see. My intent isn't to say, hey, we're getting this campaign on this publisher with this brand. Let's make sure that there's good results or let, let's make sure that there's positive lift. You know, what, 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 what validity do I have or, or reputation do I have in the marketplace if that's my intent? My intent is like to take the numbers I'm given and give you the accurate read. And, and, and that speaks to expectations. Like we've had customers come to us and like, hey, we want to drive Lyft for, you know, a national QSR. Um, and our podcast buy is $200,000. And I'm like, I can't in my right mind take your money and tell you that we're going we're gonna to measure Lyft for you. If 200,000 is 0.005% of McDonald's ad expenditure. You yeah, know, for so those those playing at home, QSR is uh, is like retail or restaurants, right? Like yeah, quick service, quick, quick service, service restaurant. There we so go. McDonald's, BK, Pizza, you know all those guys. So you know, I think it's just you know having discussions up front, uh, establishing feasibility, managing expectations, and ultimately telling our publishers partner our publisher partners like, hey, we're not always going to tease out Lyft. We're not always going to see Lyft. There could be a saturation point where there's going to be no lift. So it's just being very transparent. And I, I just feel like I've been around for too long. I'm not in the game of, you know, setting expectations at one level and then, you know, having clients frustrated or not expecting what the results that they might see. And that's that's such a big point. Number one, that you're old. And number two, that... <laughs> <laughs> Number two, that podcasting, uh, the technology in podcasting has been really focused on being honest and truthful. Like, I think the rest of ad tech right now is getting ripped to shreds, right? There are brand safety issues. There's mis and disinformation advertising issues. Uh, like, programmatic is is a mess right now in greater ad tech. And people are finding that if they just stop their ad budgets in some other big channels, they're not losing anything. But podcasting could have exploded in growth if ad tech just kept saying yes and yes and yes. If they kept drawing those charts bigger and with <laughs> high, you know, redder, greener arrows, whatever you need, up and to the right to prove to the client whatever they want. We've said no as an industry a lot. We've said like that's not realistic. I would love to take your money, but I want your money forever. I want a long term relationship with you. I don't just want this one campaign and to sour you on the industry. And that's really powerful. Like I, that's such a cool thing that I don't know of any companies that have survived in this space that have just said, yeah, we can do whatever. Yes, you're right. We'll do it with whatever campaign. We got people saying oh, for the geolocation, right? It's like 10 million impressions, right? Yeah. To do some of these correctly. That's a big podcast that's campaign. Big, yeah. I mean, you're talking what if you're talking, you know, I would say anywhere from 20 to, you know, $30 CPMs. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a big bucket of money. Uh, so, so you have to, you know, you have to be honest and transparent when people are looking at those types of expenditures. And, and listen, you know, the other thing is like, in order for me to scale my business, I can't take every custom ask that comes my way. Yeah. You know? So I think I, we, we put it through the lens of like, okay, one, do we think we can actually deliver on what they're asking? And two, do we see kind of a market need, market demand for what they're asking? Because if the answer is yes and yes, then, okay, I'm going to bet, I'm going to invest initially time and resources 
to build something that I see can be a big revenue generator for us selfishly in the future. Um, yeah. And that's why I think to your point, like some of these non-standard, you know, things that we've brought to the marketplace, we see demand, we see uh, the ability to provide it. And if we can do that, you know, and, and, and get some sort of, you know, word out there on, you know, how we're doing it and that we're doing it, then we can drive some, uh, some volume based on the demand going forward. Yeah, and, and with the right buy-in, that becomes a feature built into the platform. You're you're taking educated guesses at you know what is going to pay off, and you're trying it out. But it's the type of thing like God, I, if I, I do not recommend to any brand or agency or whoever to like start your endeavor in podcasting with non-standard, right? Like yeah. like let's yeah. try something, right? Drive them to the Subaru website to talk about the sweet new deals on new Subarus. And then if that went well for brand recognition, let's figure out other ways to go about it, right? But it's just, it's smart to know that there's other options. It's great to know that it's not cookie cutter, that you can have partners out there that you can say, I want to try something different, or I can't make this math work. I can't connect yeah. this. My other funnels don't work that way because it's all about that conversation. And if you don't have that conversation, maybe you succeed by pure luck of being generic. But I think that people right now, we're still, it might be 20 years into podcasting. We're still in like the, the first movers phase of podcast advertising. There's still tons of room to be like a leader, right? You might not hit better help spend anytime soon, but you might get up there in performance real quick. If you spend some time learning it and meeting all the partners like Omer and Claritas and everybody else out here to just get a feel for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and again, you mentioned it m multiple times, like the DTC brands, direct to consumer brands, like they have been able to see it and, you know, immediately because, you know, they're, they're seeing their, their, their business results uh, in virtually real time and can now attribute it through whether it's us or our, some of our competitors directly to the podcast channel. And so that's where you're seeing better help and others you know, dumping a shit ton of money into podcasts, which is really exciting. And now you have kind of the second movers, which are the, the bigger kind of blue chip players, like, okay, let's figure this out. And, you know, whether it's auto, whether it's CPG, whether it's, you know, QSR, they're really trying to lean in and, and figure out how they not only invest, but invest in a kind of a, a intelligent way where they can really justify the investment and prove out the, uh, the, the, the performance. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Across yeah. the board, Ben, I like it, it has been a pleasure to work with you and it has been a pleasure to watch what you guys are doing at Claritas still and just growing this space. Like it's so cool that like, I don't, I don't see anybody at anybody's throats. I see, every, like you said, everybody's collaborative. Everybody's working in the right directions. We're coming together on standards. There's enough room for everybody and there's cool differences between everybody. And, you know, honestly, not only do I miss travel because this pandemic sucks, but like we had a lot of fun traveling and I, I'm hoping in the near future, we get to meet up at some conferences and then I'll, I'll save the best part. I'll kick this off at the end. Anytime you have a chance to meet up with Omar, if you've not asked him yet, ask him <laughs> how he is re related to the people in Super Troopers and the beginning scene. <laughs> because it is probably my favorite story. And let me tell you, that scene, the Schnozberry scene, Omar was in the real version of that. <laughs> well, I didn't know I didn't know this podcast was gonna take a turn to Super Troopers, but uh, It's me. That... <laughs> no, I should have I should have expected that. But uh 
I always love telling the story and, uh, you know, I'll just say that the, the super troopers are great guys. I was fortunate enough to spend, um, more than four years, unfortunately for my parents in college with them. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I am happy to tell the story to anyone who's uh, interested in listening. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely hit Omar up for that. And then also hit him up for attribution and stuff like that. Even just talking about stuff in the industry, ideas about non-standard solutions. And Omar, uh, I like to end everything off with asking, what is a podcast that you're currently listening to that you think more people should be checking out? Um, so one of my favorites is always how I built this. You know, Guy Raz, you know, such a great personality interviewer. I think it's probably got great recognition. So I don't really have to promote it. Um, but just as Brian, you kind of dork out on like, you know, gaming. Yeah. I dork, I dork out on fantasy football. So I have kind of a list of three podcasts that I listen to. It's uh, football's right around the corner. So my go-tos these days are the audible, the fantasy footballs, footballers and daily fantasy. And when I go for my walks in the morning, if I can get a little more Intel on who I'm going to draft, who are those deep sleepers that I'm going to pick up that no one knows about that. That's really fun for me. So that's what I've been listening to recently, but uh, I love, I love so many podcasts um, from the daily for news to, um, to some of these sports. And I always love listening to Gary V. So um, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, pretty well-rounded. Yeah. 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 I tried, I try to be, you know, but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, it was I great. I really enjoyed reconnecting with you. And to your point, I'd love to figure out a way to, uh, to catch up uh, uh, on our travels. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Well, thanks, Omar, and I'll definitely have you back. All right. Thanks so much, Brian. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Terra to give you a minute-long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Omer for coming on to talk about my article, Tracking Podcast Ad Performance That's Hard to Track. If you liked what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High 5 RPG. And of course, you can email me at brian at soundsprofitable.com, spelled either way. The most important part about Sounds Profitable is providing you with more resources and making sure that I can answer your questions. So check out the link to Yappa in the episode description and leave me a message. And with your permission, I'll answer it live on the show. Sounds Profitable is completely recorded using Squadcast. I'm such a big fan of all the features that they have, from the video recording remote to their Dolby features, which are really fantastic. And then my favorite part that I use for the product deep dives is the screen share aspect. We can record all that in high definition and it's saved in real time, so there's no risk of losing it. So please check out squadcast.fm and sign up for a trial because I use it and I know you'll love it. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, and Ian Powell. Thank you all for your help and support.